Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Trust and Believe. I trust that you're having a great day. And if you're not, I think this episode is actually going to make you smile, make you laugh, make you cringe a little bit. But I want to set this up because I think you're going to learn about, a lot about yourself and you're going to learn a lot about me. I want to set this up because I think you're going to learn a lot about yourself and a lot about me, too. I put on my Instagram stories for you all to ask me a question that you think would make me very uncomfortable. And so if you don't know me that well, my name is Shanti and Shanti is definitely a person that likes to get uncomfortable. I love being uncomfortable. I think it's incredible and amazing. And for the most part, if someone asks me a question or brings up a topic that I believe to be authentic, even if it's a little far left or right, I'm going to answer it because I think that so many people out there have so many things percolating in their brain that um, they hide. And if someone gives them an opportunity to ask it, (laughs) then they ask it. And so I'm going to do that. So strap on your seatbelts because I'm going there. Get ready to trust and believe. This is Sean T, and it's time to trust and believe. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm going to get started right away. This is going to be a two-part podcast, and I think it's going to be super fun. So here we go. I'm starting with question number one. Which is a pretty easy question. It says, do you ever have to discipline your boys? And if yes, how do you do it? This would be fast and easy. Yes, definitely discipline. I think it's very necessary. First, we have a three-step process. First, we talk to the boys. We say, why are you crying? Or why are you upset? Or why did you do that? You know, because we truly believe as parents and as adults A lot of times it's never the thing that you're expressing your anger at. It's another thing. And I talk about that in my book. It's never the thing. It's the thing. So 
We always ask them. We try to get to the root of the problem. Because with children, a lot of times, it's not that they're, like, angry or mad. They're hungry. They're tired. They're bored. They're not getting enough attention. It, it's always, not always, but a lot of times it's something else. So we first talk to them. If they're hitting or being rude or being mean. So my kids, if they hit me, I hit them back the same way. And some people are like, I can't believe you do that. If if Silas, he loves to hit. So if he comes and hits me on my leg and it hurts, or if he's mad or Sander hits me on my chest, I don't hit them with full force, but I hit them back enough to know that if you hit me, or if you hit somebody in the real world, you're going to get hit back. Now, I don't go up to them and spank them if they're doing something bad. I don't just walk up and spank them. I only hit them if they hit me. <laughs> Some people will say, oh, my gosh, that's so bad. But Silas will come up. He'll be mad sometimes. and He'll just like not. He doesn't do this anymore, but he'll hit you. And so his hit will be hard for him. But I'll just most of the time I'll just go and I'll just hit him back. And he just starts crying. I'm like, listen, you hit me. I'm hitting you back. So but if they're if they're being obnoxious and just whatever, you we kind of have to figure it out. We do have a timeout rule and we set a timer. Uh, we also tell them they are allowed to cry. We let them cry, but we don't let them whine. Uh, if they're whining, we we tell them you have to express to us what's wrong. Because if you're fake crying, then that means you have the wherewithal to express to me how you're feeling. And our kids speak very well. And they express themselves and they know emotions. They really know how to describe how they're feeling. So, uh, but sometimes they get in time out. First and foremost is we find out what's wrong and, and we deal with the real issue. Sometimes they're crying because their brother won't share or things like that. And a lot of times we let them work that out on their own. We talk to both of them. We ask if the other one wants to share. And if they say no, then we say brother doesn't want to share right now. And if they proceed to cry, we kind of go through the step-by-step process of what is it really? Because most of the time it's not even that your brother doesn't want to share with you because you weren't even thinking about the thing that he has before he had it. So, it's a big process, but um, we definitely speak to them first. Oh, someone said, any more kiddos? This is very interesting. So, yeah, I'm filming this on Valentine's Day. And yesterday, no, they're, they're, one of their nannies and I were talking, and Scott was on his computer at the in the kitchen. And I, and I said, we were just talking about kids and how old they are. And I purposely said, you know, now I think I would have more kids because our boys are a little older and they feel... I feel just like much more successful as a parent. And I was waiting for Scott to snap his neck and turn around. And he didn't. He actually turned around and kind of did one of these, you know, shaking of the head, nodding his head. So I just thought that I, I was like, oh, my goodness. And then we spoke a little bit more. And I was like, I think if we did have more children, I'm not sure if I would want to have twins again, but I would definitely want to have a girl. It was a whole conversation where six nine months ago we were like hell no no more kids and now it's just interesting to talk about it not think not sure if we're going to do it but we still have embryos left so that's really exciting um if we were to do it it would be a big discussion and we have to really talk about it but i like when scott and i 
have conversations like that and we don't just like throw it out the window right we don't throw our wants or or the others wants or desires or ideas out the window we actually get to really talk about it first and make a really great decision that's one of the strengths in our relationship so i'm very interested to see where this conversation goes and i'm not going to bring it up Usually, I'm the one that reminds him, you know, remember we spoke about this, and this time I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let him uh, bring it back up to me. Okay, so this is a question that, it's an adult question, so if you have kids in a car, I'm going to give you five seconds to push pause and listen to this later, or if you're watching this and your kids are in a room, I advise you to put AirPods in or something like that so kids don't hear Because it is an adult question. Five, four, three, two, one. So someone asked, do you have oral sex? (laughs) So if you want to get the real, real on these type of discussions, uh, you should probably join our Wine Night After Dark Club. You can go to winenightafterdark.com. Because we talk about sex and relationships, and we really dive deep into that. But the answer to that question is, I know there are a lot of people out there who don't like oral sex, but I know a lot of people out there who do. So I believe personally that it is a part of the sexual experience. I think if you love someone, you kind of explore all options. And so the answer to that question is yes. All right. Next question Have you ever thought about cheating on your partner? I have not thought about cheating on my partner. And it's really because we have such an incredibly open, uh, communicative relationship that I don't, I've never felt like I had to do that. Ever, 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 ever. I'm the kind of person where even with this particular podcast, when something's really difficult, even though I feel the difficulty in a conversation or difficulty in the task, I actually enjoy the process of dealing with it. A lot of people say I like confrontation and it's it's not that I necessarily like it. I actually like the process of how can someone get through something that's super tough, be it a conversation with your spouse or a friend or anything. So I'm just not afraid to, to bring up things like that. So when it comes to, you know, I don't, I'd never felt like I had to cheat on him because if I think somebody's attractive or if I think this, I just talk to him about it. And, and I believe that a lot of times, not for everyone caveat there, But a lot of times when your partner knows what you're into sexually, if it's especially if it's a person, if you think somebody is attractive, I think it's an opportunity to ask more questions. So if I if I find out that Scott thinks somebody is attractive, I'm like, why? He might be like, it's a physical body part. And I'm like, oh, well, what is it about? And I think that if you allow it to enhance your own intimacy and your own sexual experience it's it's it can be a good thing but again there are people out there that don't want to know 
Don't tell me you think somebody else is attractive. I don't want to hear about it. I don't, you know, and so it's just kind of how your dynamic is as in your relationship. But I never had to do that. It was just not even necessary because I tell him everything. Okay. Do you ever feel weird being part of the MLM and industry? That's a really great question. And so for those of you who don't know, I've been with Beachbody for 17 plus years now. Personally, I like being on the side of the MLM. I, people call it MLM. I guess that's the right name for it. Um, I like being on the side of the business and the side of Beachbody that I'm on because I get to create content. And my main focus is the thing that I'm delivering, I know that the people who purchase it and commit to it, they're going to change their life. They're going to enhance their life. Or I should say, just change their life. They're going to, if you do any of my programs and and you vibe with it and you stick to it, I know that you're going to enhance and change your life. Each body coaches, I think they have a very difficult job, uh, especially those who really take it seriously. And especially those who really want to change people's lives. Um, but then, you know, it's also a business, just like you go to work, you might like your job, but you have to make money. Right. So for me, there's this dichotomous energy that I'm, I love to make money and, and I give my all knowing that my all is going to, uh, it, it creates a great career for me and it's a great financial return for me. I don't know if I could personally be a coach because I like being on the side of creative content. I'm not necessarily a person that likes to sell. But then sometimes I see people doing things that I think are less than valuable. You know, I see coaches doing things that are less than valuable. Like I despise when every time there's a new program that comes out, someone has gained weight and lost it again with that program. I just find that to be it. There is sometimes where we go through a roller coaster of life, right? And you are, um, you do gain weight and you, you have been through something like a divorce or a death in a family or work or, you know, there's, or you just didn't feel like being healthy for six months, right? I understand that. But Beachbody is a program that really plans their workouts so that their coaches can stay committed, stay consistent and get great results. Right. And so on this side, you have a CEO that's planning these things so that they can get great results. They can sell the programs. They can be successful in their business. But then you have those people who are every single program. Like I lost every single program. Like I lost 30 pounds. I lost 10 pounds. I lost 12 pounds. Now, there are people who are on their way, but there's also people I'm like, so if I actually added up all the weight you lost with every single program, you would be like 24 pounds. And so that's what I don't like about it, because I believe that's why I love my friend Danielle, just her story in Beachbody. She's never been like, I lost weight or I did this. She's like, I went from fit to fitter. And what she means is that she takes her fitness and continues to be a stepping stone in her own fitness journey. And that's how she sells to her customers. And she says, you don't have to have to, lo- you don't have to have to lose 50 pounds. You can start out needing to lose 50 pounds and you can keep on going. 
Or you don't need to have to lose weight at all. You can already be a super fit person and do these programs and still be successful in your business by showing people this is how I stay committed. And so the only time, I think that's one of the only times where being a part of an MLM with people gain weight and lose weight to sell. I think it's it, when they do it on purpose. So for those of you out there who naturally are in a roller coaster ride in your own life, I get it, you know. No one stays the same weight the whole time, but when you're constantly, well, a program's over, and then somehow in the next four months, you gain 15 pounds on purpose so that you can sell a program, that's annoying to me. And that's not why we create these programs anyway. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So, biggest pet peeve. My biggest pet peeve is when bullying and teasing people like in a negative way so let's say me and all of my friends were at dinner and we're all sitting around a table and one person either you know maybe they were less than positive or maybe they had something happen to them or maybe i don't know what it is but if everyone starts to pick on that one person be like well you need to change and you need to do this and everyone jumps in to like continue to beat that person down i i fucking hate that because I just believe that there is a way to express, you know, exactly your feelings, but there's always a way to, to lift someone and boost someone up. And in addition to that, uh, I think the thing is we've all made mistakes and we all have need, we all needed to change. We all needed, a uh, uh, personality transformation at some point we've all needed a just a swift kick in the ass you know that took us from being an asshole to being a better person literally right now um there's this huge thing happening on tiktok and i don't know if you all remember my interview with the woman only jayus she's 21 years old um, she used to work at Best Buy. She was making TikToks at Best Buy. They fired her from Best Buy and she continued to make TikToks and now she has about 10 million followers. Well, something came out uh, where she was in some sort of DM message exchange and she used the N-word and it was terrible. She's a, she's a few different words within that message to said person and so it came out and i think there was some this allegedly so someone said that she said it was photoshopped to try and deny it and so there was this huge thing where it was like address it address it address it so then she came out and she addressed it and there are all these influencers that are bashing her and like i never liked you anyway and, and they're taking the opportunity to express now am i happy or even remotely moved in a positive way that she used the N-word and some of the other things she said. What she said was absolutely terrible. I mean, you know, 
it, it was terrible. And she's the one that I had a conversation with and I really enjoyed, you know, having that conversation with her on the podcast. Now, in no way, shape or form am I making excuses for her, but that happened when she was 16. She's 21. It was five years ago. Do I think it needs to be addressed? And do I think she has some explaining to do? Absolutely. Do I think that everyone should forgive her? No. But me, I'm like, okay, we have we have two ways to think about this here. We can cancel her, right? We can say, only J.S. said this, she used the N-word. She actually told, she said some other stuff. You can go look it up. It's very easy to find. She said all this stuff when she was 16 years old. I want us to think about something for a second. How many of you out there grew up in a household? And I don't know if this was her household, but how many of you grew up in a space in an environment where using derogatory terms toward another person or toward another group was okay. Let me tell y'all something. I would say that um, a, a good percentage of the population could have come from a household where your parents used those words and you have used those words before. The problem is you, you probably use it in a group of friends, Right. Or, and no one's ever knew you said that. You said it before, but no one ever knew you said that. But over the last 10 years or so or 15 years, you've changed. You're like, oh, my God, I cannot even believe that I would think of something like that or say something like that. And so I think that a lot of times this cancel culture thing lets people express their perfection they're like i would never do that well you would never do that but you did some other shit and it just you know it just so happens that she's in a public eye and so when you say something like that or when you write somebody something like that and you get famous and the message that you wrote and there's proof and it comes out these are repercussions you have to deal with i am in no way shape or form excited about it i was very disappointed but you know, for me, my discussion with her would be like, let's, you know, it's like, do you feel like that now? Are you being fake? Or, you know, I would I would have a conversation with her about it because I think that's the best way to go about it. Only because I've done some shit in my life and I've said some stuff in my life that none of y'all have heard me say. And it was no such thing as a DM that I may have said at 17, 18 and being 42 years old. I go back in my brain and I say, I cannot even believe, I can't even believe I would say something like that or do something like that. Again, no excuses, but the message here is that, are we going to beat somebody down or are we going to fix them? Because there's a difference between fixing somebody and saying, get your life and then, uh, and then just cancel them out. It's like, you should lose everything. You should, you should, you should go to hell and you should die. When y'all motherfuckers said some shit that was way worse than what she said, but y'all, but you didn't have a DM with it, but you changed and it's in your soul and it's in your body. Like, but you know, you changed, but now someone else isn't allowed to change within the last five years. So it's, it's a really tough decision because I understand where both sides are coming from. Obviously as a black person who has sit-ins and been, and has been discriminated against, it really pisses me off, but you know, at the end of the day, there are going to be racist people in the world and the Black Lives Matter movement in my brain, like my personal Black Lives Matter movement is to help 
those people who call people to n-word and discriminate against women black women and trans and gay people is to help them understand that we are human so that they have a learning curve they have a process to learn to curve their thoughts so that on the other side we can have them at the cookout right because if you're just going to hate and say I'd rather help change your perspective of what black people are than just say, I hate you and you should lose everything and you should continue to you should continue to hate me because I'm just going to make you feel like it's super horrible. I'm going to try and change your thought process, not try to cancel you. That was really tough for me to talk about because I really like only Jayus and that was really sad for me. That's why I don't like bullying or beating people down. That's my pet peeve because I'm like, okay, there's an enough is enough. How are we going to change this person's perspective or how are we going to help them get better? You know, I don't think we should do like there are people who sorry, I'm harping on this, but there's a it goes deep. Let's take and this is probably really far left, but let's take someone who had a kid murdered, right? A lot of moms and dads who have had a child murdered by someone, they go and saying, you know, I have to forgive this person. And everyone's like, how the fuck can you forgive someone who murdered your child? And I think a lot of times, and this is where, I may understand them. It's like you have to carry hate. You can either continue to carry hate or you can help that person change. Even if they're going to be in jail forever, it's like to never do it again. And you have to release that anger. Some people aren't like that. I understand that there are many different sides to how people process something and it's never happened to me. But I'm just naturally, I'm just in a business of, okay, so how are we going to heal myself? And make this person not think that way again or understand. And if I have to be the one that has a conversation with only Jayus and I'm like, okay, I'm going to ask the tough questions that everyone else is asking, but how are we going to move forward? And and did have you really grown? You know, moving on. The most illegal thing I did, the most illegal thing I did is probably smoke weed when it was illegal. That's easy. How often do you wash your underwear? I wear my underwear I probably change my underwear two or three times a day and they get washed every day. That's an easy question. Do I drool in my sleep? Absolutely not. Most embarrassing moment in public. I don't really get embarrassed. I actually do things to bring attention to myself, like dance in the mall when I used to be able to dance at a red light like I used to be able to. I guess I can still do it now. Um, It's really hard for me to embarrass myself because I'm like, it is what it is. Um, and this is funny. Do you, uh, dear Sean, do you ever cuss at yourself doing workouts? Yes. I literally cuss at myself. I'm like, you have to be fucking kidding me. That was easy. Ever have a wardrobe malfunction? No, I've never had a wardrobe malfunction, but I do have an interesting story. Okay. So this is my first, uh, my first program, hip hop abs. I, I think I just wore boxer briefs and so if you know hip-hop abs you know the whole thing is tilt tuck and tight and then you're squeezing your abs and you really have to squeeze your abs right and um i remember them saying my director saying cut and i was like why is she cutting you know like 
you know, this is going so good. It was only like a few minutes in and she says, are you wearing underwear? And I'm like, yeah, I'm wearing underwear. And she was like, you need to put a second pair of underwear on. So I were to put a second pair of underwear on and I got back to my work. I was like, boom, boom, tilt, tuck and tighten in a way. Shoulders over, hips under, you know, tighten your core and cut. And they were just like, it's, it, it's just plopping through your pants. And so they literally made me, I had to wear two pair of women's tights. Now, this is at a time where there wasn't a lot of men's compression pants. So it was very uncomfortable because women are built differently than men down there. Men's tights have are built and designed so that there's a compartment where our junk fits in there. Women's doesn't. It's women's tights, at least at the time. I haven't, I haven't obviously worn them in a while, but they just kind of have a seam going up the middle. So I had to put everything to one side. So when you see me doing hip hop abs, I was really uncomfortable because all my junk had to go to one side on the side of a seam. I know that was probably a lot, but it's so freaking true. And every time I would finish shooting, I would just go in my dressing room and pull my pants down and stand there for a little bit because I was like, oh my gosh, now I can breathe again. All right. I have... Four more questions for you, and then uh, make sure you come back next week for episode two. My worst habit is um, filing my nails with my teeth and on purpose, like, spitting them out. And this is so nasty. I know a lot of people will probably be like, I'm never listening to you talk again. I can't take you seriously. But I know it, like, annoys Scott so bad and I don't even have to do it because, you know, I always, I always have like a napkin or a tissue next to my bed and I can put them in there. And I just don't like using uh, I don't like using clippers on my nails because I can't do it correctly because whatever. So I bite I file my nails by biting them and then I file. I mean, I cut my nails by biting them and then I file them down. But because I know Scott hates when I just spit them out, I do it because he's like, I found nails in the car on the floor. Oh, my God, you're so disgusting. And I know, y'all, that is so disgusting. But it's my worst habit. And I told you guys I would answer these questions correctly and be honest. But I really only do it because I know it annoys Scott and I love getting a reaction how to but so disgusting okay my guilty pleasure flexibility is great that's why there's yoga flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too that's why there's united healthcare insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company united healthcare insurance plans offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more one of these plans may be right for you if you're say between jobs coming off your parents plan turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I don't think as guilty pleasure, I don't really have. But my, I've, I think the thing before I realized that there were so many people that I knew 
so many people that I knew that were interested in true crime. I really had a guilty pleasure of watching HLN, uh, like Forensic Files, and I love, as you all know, Crime Junkies podcast. Uh, I just had a really, you know, that was my guilty pleasure for a while. And you know, when Serial came out, originally because it was storytelling, that's how Sarah Koenig, Sarah Koenig delivered the podcast, um, you know, storytelling. So it was like entertainment And until I said, that was the first time where I was like, no, someone is dead and there is a possible... There, it's a possibility that the person that's in jail shouldn't be in jail. And then, in addition to that, we have to find a person that killed her. Because if he didn't do it, if Adnan didn't do it, then someone is out there walking the streets and could possibly kill somebody else. And that's how I became, like, super serious about it. And, you know, I'm now friends with Robbie Chaudhry from Undisclosed. And I'm all about the free Adnan um, and I've donated to the, the GoFundMe. I'm a huge supporter of him. And so I know there's a lot of people out there that have a different opinion to me, but that's the side that I'm on. And so um, I would say in the past it would be true crime. But now, you know, I'm also a part of the Crime Junkies uh, podcast discussion group on Facebook. And there are people in there who are searching for their loved ones. And I am just 100%. I go there um, and I, you know, I'm always on the lookout. And if I'm in a city where something has happened in one of those stories, I look at the videos. I look at the um, I look at the videos that they post. I look at the the just the story and details. And if I'm in a town, I will get my car and I'll go find the building. So a lot of you don't know is when Serial came out and I did become friends with Robbie Chaudhry and the, the, um, the cast of undisclosed, I went to Maryland and I went to Leakin park and I went to that Best Buy parking lot and I was at the school and we we I did the whole thing and I became friends with Bob Ruff, who I absolutely love, who did um uh Truth and Justice podcast, a lot of podcasts out there. So I'm a huge fan of it, but it's so it used to be a guilty pleasure, but now I actually try to somehow my own little way, my busy schedule, take action and support for justice. Last two questions. PS, I hate to ask you that. By the way, oh, I don't know who that was. But they said, I think you're the coolest human on the planet. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. <laughs> That's so nice, especially in a time where I'm so stressed um, creating a new program. So I love you for that, Anastasia. And last thing, things you think about when sitting on the toilet. This is a great last question. The things I think about when sitting on a toilet I think, well, number one, one of the main things I do when I sit on the toilet, because I go to the bathroom right away when I wake up. It is my alarm clock, basically. Um, I do a lot, actually. I think about a lot, but I figure out what TikTok I'm going to do because it, you know, relaxes my mind. I answer some emails. I answer some texts. But if I don't take my phone in the bathroom, I am... I I don't know what I think about. I think I just relax. But most of the time I have my phone in there with me. And um, some people are like, oh my God, that's disgusting. Do you clean your phone? Yes, I do. I actually have um, uh, 
wet wipes in my bathroom because I have kids. So I, we always have that. And I wash my hands, wipe my phone down. I'm on, I'm on lock. Anyway, I'm so excited. I finished that page of the questions. If you like this, please tell me in the comments below on YouTube or please go leave a review for the podcast. I like making it fun and bringing you different energy every week. But, you know, all of the things that, you know, I talk about, it's because I trust and believe in who, are, who I am. And today, it's just that I trust and believe in honesty. I hope you all have an incredible day. If you're listening or watching to watching this on Friday, I hope you have an incredible weekend. And um, if you're watching this on Friday, the 22nd, 21st, 19th of February, I am headed to um, Hawaii on Monday, February 22nd. I finally get to go to the location where I'm going to be shooting and get to see my set for the first time. My body is completely destroyed from rehearsals, but I'm so excited about this program that you are all going to. If you love joy and you love even just a little bit of rhythmic movement and you love to sweat and you love to burn, this is going to be the program for you. I would definitely be doing a podcast about the... um, the full experience to break it down for you step by step and i'm excited about that so stick around for that also if you want to join our wednesday night dinners don't forget to go to shantifitness.com slash safe space so you can join our wednesday night dinners we will most likely be doing one while we're in hawaii unless um we wait until we come back but that will be fun and i'm hoping i can do one with the entire cast of let's get up Also, the safe space is full of amazing and incredible people that are there to help uplift your emotions. It's a group where we, you know, it's kind of like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And it's an open and free space to share uh, the things that are going on in your life. So hopefully you can join that and you'll get access to some of my courses that help you just kind of push yourself forward. Anyway, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Trust and Believe. And I'll see you very soon.